Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am back from a trip to Boise, Idaho, and I'm really excited to start talking about some Orange County soccer with you all. Uh, we had two matches this past week. We also brought someone along to help us uh, learn a little bit more about the in-state cup that the USL teams is sort of, I guess, fan-related or supporter-related cup that's going on for all of that. So we'll talk about that. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. So one, two, Bedoy, he's found a great ball, and it bolts in plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas in a Bolton. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and burying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how is it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i'm your host ray samora and i am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things orange county soccer club Joining me as he does each and every episode, my right-hand man, my partner in crime, whatever other uh, you know name we could call him on this. Uh, make sure we keep it family-friendly, though. That's Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I think right-hand man might alienate some left-handed listeners, but yeah, no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> enjoying the little bit of a break from competitive matches that we have. Um, as I'm sure the players are not that I play, um, but it's nice to have other plans on the weekend. I'm not going to lie. So yeah, just kind of settling into a couple days without a game. Yeah. Nice to take a, a weekend away from watching our team play soccer, maybe focusing on other teams or even getting a chance to just sort of do something other than soccer. Like so many of us soccer fans do most of the time. Uh, so that's that's awesome to hear. We also brought along someone that's going to join us for just a short while here to begin the show, and that is Ricky Bravo. He uh, runs the Copa Califas website, and he's here to let us know, let you listeners know, uh, what is this Copa Califas, and you know what's it about, and why is it important to us Orange County fans? Ricky, welcome to the Orange Black Soccer Cast. Thank you. Thank, thanks for having me. Real excited to, to be here. No, glad we could finally get you on here. I know you reached out probably, I want to say, a month and a half ago. I dropped the ball a few times there on remembering to invite you on this. So I set myself a reminder on my phone this time that we are inviting you for this episode. It's sort of perfect timing because Orange County is coming off uh, a, a game or a match against a team that's involved in this Copa Califas. So I, I'm very uneducated on this. So I'm going to just open up the mic for you, Ricky. Let our fans our listeners know what is Copa Califas and why is it important for Orange County fans to know about this? Yeah. Um, you know, really Copa Califas, I guess, uh, I don't know. I tell everybody it's just some soccer nerd stuff that I guess I kind of do here. Um, but you know, I thought it'd be a really great idea just to have a supporter driven kind of regional competition. Um, it's not really asking much of the clubs other than just kind of tallying up points from head to head matchups from all the, uh, California, uh, USL championship teams. Um, so, you know, like you said, this past weekend, um, OC, they, they played Sacramento. So that was a match that counted towards the uh, Copa Califas table. And it's actually a really exciting match to watch. No, definitely. And really quick, before we get any further into this Copa Califas information, Dylan, I have to give you an opportunity. What is the name of this cup? Oh, so we are going to make... I was just about to put that in the chat, but I decided it. Uh, another supporter and I were joking around on Saturday that it should be the Copa Cannabis, which is the um, <laughs> extension where we allow all states with uh, recreational or legalized recreational marijuana use to be a part of it and tally it up. 
So just divvy up a couple more states. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, so yeah, like uh, like Ricky was mentioning there, or and, and I had mentioned Orange County and Sacramento played this past weekend, which is a part of this whole uh, season-long Copa Califas uh, matchup between four clubs, those four clubs being Fresno FC, LA Galaxy 2, Orange County SC, and Sacramento Republic FC. And really the sad news right now is the way that Orange County has been faring against those other California teams we're sort of we're sitting at the bottom of the table. Um, Ricky, is, is is that a shock to you that the way Orange County's played against the other teams that that they're sitting at the bottom of the four team table there? Yeah, you know, uh, Orange County. I've always been really impressed by the amount of talent that the team has, and so it's just been a little interesting to see how those matches have have kind of played out, um, especially playing the other teams in California. You know, I feel like this last match that they had against Sacramento, they had a few a few chances. I think it was a pretty competitive game, but the great thing about the tournament only involving four teams, we're about halfway through, and uh, Orange County could still technically win this thing. Now. I don't think they're mathematically out of it yet. I think as we look, I'm looking at the standings as you speak, they're four points behind Fresno FC who are sitting in first. Um, both uh, both uh, Sacramento and LA Galaxy have a game in hand on the other two teams. So yeah, like you said, it's still definitely close there. Orange County has a shot at it. Um, let me ask you this question. Is is there any kind of prize for the team? I know you said this is a supporter-driven thing. Has there been any thoughts of maybe creating some sort of trophy or cup or something that maybe not this season, but for the near future that we could maybe award these teams? Oh, for, yeah, definitely. The hard work? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the, the initial goal of this was just to see if we can get a little traction, a little following. Um, but absolutely, I'd love to be able to uh, – uh, make this a uh, more official thing with the clubs and actually have a trophy. And I think what better way than to have a trophy than to have something that the supporters were all a part of. So you know, kind of a few people I've been talking with, a few ideas we've been kicking around is maybe getting like a, a Kickstarter campaign just to kind of raise some funds. So you can actually say, Hey, I helped pay for that, for that first trophy that went to the team that won in the inaugural year. So we have about five games left, I believe. So hopefully uh, before October, we can get something going and actually have something tangible to give the uh, the club that wins. Yeah, that would be uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Like you said, supporter groups from all four of these teams sort of chipping in a dollar here, $10 there, building something to try and have this crazy, awesome supporter group led uh, trophy. And uh, that whole support your local grassroots thing, this is, you know, a shining star of that is uh, just fans from local California USL teams just coming together to, I guess, have a little extra challenge in it. I know there's the the entire USL championship season is the ultimate goal, but I could see, you know, going get a few years into this, you could see some of these teams, you know, especially we're going to be getting San Diego in there pretty soon. You're going to have some of these teams that are going to look at like, hey, you know, I might not be able to win the USL championship cup, but I, you know, our team has a chance to at least live some sort of, a, you know, hardware, silverware, whatever you want to call it at the end of the season, if we can be the best team in California. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even even you look at this year, you know, the, the California teams haven't been performing that well. I mean, outside of, of Fresno, the California teams are, aren't really sitting in playoff positions right now. And so it still actually kind of gives them the chance to be able to play for something, right? Play for, for some sort of championship. And I think what's been really cool is uh, I think as the more supporters uh, that get behind it, like you, know, you guys here at your podcast, um, that was actually kind of a surprise. Like when I first started this this page, um, Orange County was like full on behind it. Like the majority, of, like the initial followers, like all from your area. And, and actually, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. The uh, the club on their website, you know, they recognize this match as as you know they're hosting the fellow Copa Califa side, Sacramento Republic, which I thought was pretty cool that the actual club was doing that. You know, no, definitely. And and so you said there's been some you know, good reception from the Orange County fans. What about the other fans from Fresno or Sacramento or uh, whatever fans you can find from Los Dos? Uh, has there been any positive reactions from those supporter groups as well? And and what's uh, which supporter group, I guess, will, will, will you say you sort of said Orange County was sort of jumping on it pretty quickly as a supporter group. Uh, are they still sort of one of those top groups or? Oh, yeah. What are the, what are the other groups looking like? Yeah, Orange County and, and Fresno are probably like the, the two top groups like supporting this and Sacramento, uh, Sacramento also, I think, I think just, I think maybe playing Orange County and kind of seeing how their club was recognizing it as like a thing. I think that kind of helped get some porters. So I was actually on a, 
on uh, Republic's uh, podcast uh, on yesterday's episode. So, you know, it's pretty cool being able to see people that are also involved in, in supporter-driven aspects of, of the club uh, kind of latching on. So, LA Galaxy 2 has been a little bit tough. They've been a tough one to, to, to chase down. But, uh, you know, I think uh, – I definitely think they do have fans. And I just think as this continues, the more supporters that recognize this and, and the more that the other clubs get behind it, I think, you know, just the more traction it will gain with LA also. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm, I'm, I've still been searching for, hoping for that we'd hear from some LA Galaxy 2 fans. I know there's a lot of MLS Galaxy fans, but I want to, like, hear from some of those true USL LA Galaxy fans and and hear their story behind why they support the club. It's just you know, we uh, Dylan and I have talked about it over the last year or so that it's, that's just an impossible task to find an LA Galaxy two supporter, let alone a you know a supporter group or fan group. There, it's just a difficult thing to find out. Um, so what um, what else can you share with us about the, this cup? I mean, or what? Uh, was there any like inspiration for doing this cup? Did you get this idea just off the top of your head or was there maybe another, I know, I think in Texas they do something similar. Um, I, I've heard things about the four corners cup or whatever from those teams that are part of that. And you know, there's all these types of things that happen in the other leagues in Europe and, and whatnot. Was there any like specific inspiration behind starting this or is it just. Yeah, hey, actually, just actually. Right? Yeah, those first two that you mentioned, the Copa Texas and then the Four Quarters Cup, uh, I kind of saw as people got this thing going. I was like, you know what? I wonder if he was doing this here in California, and and uh, nobody was. So I said, hey, I might as well give it a shot. <laughs> it's something <laughs> I enjoy. So yeah, it was definitely those other two USL Cups, um, you know, that kind of really, like, sparked the inspiration behind this. And I figured we'll just do it well, and, and we'll kind of give it a little California flavor and, and let people – that people know really that that uh, you know soccer is a big sport here, and the USL teams are gaining some traction here, which is really great to see. Perfect to hear. And, and like you said, it, it, at this point, all four of the teams are still sort of mathematically uh, eligible to win this thing. I know Orange County only has two matches remaining that are part of this group of matches. There's five total, like you mentioned. Uh, the next one coming up is August 31st, so there's a little bit of time between now and that next. Uh, Copa Califas match that's between LA Galaxy 2 and Sacramento Republic and, yes. and the cool thing when I'm looking at the schedule I mean it comes down to the very last match of the season where Orange County and Fresno will be facing each other and very well could come down to that match and who may be able to have that title of inaugural Copa Califas champions and they'll get a chance to poise some sort of trophy or silverware um, possibly at that point so that's that's a pretty neat thing as well. Yeah, the way the schedule stacks up is pretty cool. The next two matches are actually going to be uh, uh, Galaxy Los Dos and uh, Republic. So um, home and home for those. Yeah, so those will be. That's going to be pretty telling, and I think that's really going to show who's going to come out on top. I think it, it's really going to see how those two guys, how those two teams fare against each other. Um, but you know that October twelfth weekend is going to be a really fun weekend because all four teams are playing each other. Uh, so that I really feel like October 12th could be like championship weekend in, in, in some cases. Pretty cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about Copa Califas or anything else in general uh, before I let you share how our listeners can find out more about this? Yeah. Um, you know, really the, the main thing, and I guess it kind of will segue into the next part, um, you know, is just uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, go ahead and, and, and check it out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, check out the website and really just, you know, have fun with it. And I think it gives a little extra incentive and a little extra layer of uh, engagement um, for these, you know, in-state rivalries that we do have. Yeah, I think travel. I'd say travel. <laughs> That's the main thing. Travel. If, if you live in Orange County, uh, you know, take, take, a, take a drive up to uh, Sacramento on October 12th. I think that's your next away match for this. I think traveling within the state is, is really great. Uh, you know, to see people from Fresno going to L.A. or people from Sacramento going to Orange County. I just think, uh, you know, that's like a really, really uh, encouraging thing for, for a lot of the players uh, to be able to be in a, a city. And, you know, our state's not that big. I think everything's driving distance. So definitely travel, support your teams, um, you know, in these California matches. 
Yeah, I, I think we've talked about in the past when you look at like California compared to maybe like English soccer. I mean, the distances are pretty similar to what you get in England when you're talking about traveling for these Copa Califas matches. So uh, definitely a good opportunity. And again, we talked about one of these teams will get to say they're the inaugural winner of this uh, Copa Califas supporter group wise. I mean, it would be awesome to be able to sort of put that on the supporter group, you know, Twitter, Facebook, website, wherever it would be. I mean, if Orange County somehow won it, I would throw it up there on our website somewhere just to sort of say, hey, we won the very first one ever. And that's something no one will ever be able to take away from from the team. So all these teams have that opportunity, their supporter groups and all that. Um, share uh, the if you have all that information, the the Twitter handle or any any of the relevant information as far as uh, website and all that stuff. for our Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pretty easy to find. Um, so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at. Copa Califas, um, or you can check out the website, which is copacalifas.com. Um, so pretty easy to find. And, uh, you know, I think as, as the, uh, the clubs and, and, you know, pages and podcasts such as yourself, you know, continue uh, sharing and telling people about it, it'll be even uh, easier for people to find. But yeah, that's, that's how we do it. You can send us a message if you, you know, have any ideas or anything you'd like to see done differently with the tournament or just have any questions, just, you know, feel free to reach out, man, and uh, we'd love to, to share more with, with, with your listeners. Perfect. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time to come on and, and educate us on this in-state cup that I'm sure in, in the coming years is just going to grow even bigger as USL becomes more and more popular with soccer fans and the sport keeps growing in, in this country. Uh, once again, that's Ricky from Ricky Bravo from Copacalifas.com. Um, thank you again. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for having me on again. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll get together again sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dylan. So what are your thoughts on this Copa Califas? Is it sort of an exciting thing as a, a fan and you're a member of County line coalition is it, is it a pretty thing that we have other fans that are saying, hey, let's let's start something like this and let's let's just enjoy in-state soccer like this? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's no secret that the USL really doesn't care about the Western Conference. <laughs> um, and it's no secret that basically every other state um, hates California because we are the best. But I think more than that, I mean, supporters love bragging about what, what is generally some meaningless thing. Um, and I think we're making jokes about if you don't blow out Tacoma 4-0, are you a good team? And uh, we were poking fun at some other teams for doing that. But now you actually have something of a, a real competition. And it's supporters-driven, which is probably for the best. Um, and it's really the supporters that are going to want the most out of it. So maybe it's a meaningless game at the end of the season for one of these teams or something but you still want them to go out there and it is somewhat of a rivalry um, amongst all these teams, just because they are all Californian teams. So, I mean, I'm a huge fan of it. I'm really excited for it to kick off a little bit more next year. Once now that I think everything's kind of getting settled in and once more people learn about it in the off season, more people find these teams and it gets a little bit crazier with the addition of San Diego, it should make for some really good games. Cause otherwise, I mean, you've got a, a low dose game that is meaningless. It's just a, two team they they don't they, yeah they don't they don't, don't try their hardest to win yeah. in the usl they're just trying to develop those younger players for the big league um and, and like you said it's in-state thing it's a california thing a lot of these matches are doable as far as travel i know sometimes you look at like maybe a, a match against austin in austin it's not the easiest place to get to you can find some direct fights out there but it's still you know a, a two and a half three hour flight to get to austin and then it's just different when you're able to do an in-state thing where you can actually drive your car to a Fresno or to a Sacramento. And then you feel comfortable because you have your car with you and you're driving around. You got to see some, some of the state. And even though Northern California and Southern California maybe are two different animals, you still feel a little bit more, I guess, safe because you're inside your state type thing. It's, it's weird. Maybe it's just me. Um, but uh, it's just you. It's just me. Yeah. But, a lot easier to get to matches on road to some of these matches. I know, yeah, a three-hour flight to Austin doesn't sound bad, but when you get out there, then you have to find a car or Uber. You have to find a hotel. I don't hotel think you could Uber to out to Circuit of the Americas. It's like 40 minutes outside of Austin. Yeah, it'd be an expensive. <laughs> That'd be real expensive. Yes, it would. Um, well, that is the Copa Califas. Again, follow 
uh, Ricky on this journey of creating a state supporter cup. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or on their website. Now, Dylan, let's get into the thick of things. There was two matches since you last heard from us. Uh, because of a weird schedule, it's been like 14 or 13 days. Not 13 days. That would have been two weeks. Um, what, 10 days, 11 days since you last heard from us. We did a random weird Sunday morning podcast before I headed out to the airport to fly to Boise. Uh, I appreciate Dylan, Allen, and the guys up there in Reno for jumping on super early on a Sunday morning. It was awesome. It was fun. Uh, but now we got match to talk about. We've got to talk about that very first match was that Reno match. Not only was it a big match just for the club, but it was also a big match because there was a huge bet going on between the two uh, podcasts, ours and 1868 Weekly. Uh, Dylan, your first impressions uh, on this match, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper. Um, I, I still get a little bit giddy when I think about how that game went. Um, scoring first was huge, and then adding to that lead and, and truly outplaying a team um, for the first time in a while where we looked unstoppable. And then beyond that, normally we look like we kind of shut off the first 10 minutes in the second half, and I would say Reno's on top of us in that section, but rather than falter to that pressure they really stepped up oh man it was a good game oh and then you know danny scores his first goal and i get to keep my hair and <laughs> i have to change the logo oh it was just an amazing thing and and to, to set the picture i was up in boise this is a day game luckily we weren't we didn't have anything planned at this time we were just sort of hanging out at the grandparents house so i actually had an opportunity to watch it but lo and behold like that morning my uh, the grandparents internet goes out the, the Wi-Fi in the house, and I'm struggling all morning to figure out how do we get it back on. I'm calling their internet provider. Uh, they're supposed to send someone out. No one ever shows up. Uh, and, and then, yeah, so I had to go, and I was just, like, sort of searching. Uh, my phone's internet connection in this house was very, very spotty. So I was searching for any way. I, once I found a spot in my house where my phone was connecting, I was not moving from that spot. So I literally sat at the, like, island in the kitchen uh, on a stool for what an hour and a half, two hours watching this match, enjoying it. Uh, it. It was interesting watching the match because the alternate view from the opposite side of the field, which isn't typically seen uh, in the OC matches at Championship Soccer Stadium. I also it was interesting because there was a lot of empty seats, but upon hearing from people like you, Dylan, uh, and other people at the match, it was an extremely hot uh, afternoon in Irvine, California, which. I think was the same thing that happened last year. So I don't know how the club doesn't realize maybe a midday match in the middle of summer in July is not a good idea. I don't think but, it's really up to them. I guess not. But ultimately in the end, it was awesome. And because it was, uh, you know, like sort of what the game of the week or whatever it was Wednesday night soccer for USL. It was on ESPN three, which I know, you don't have to have an ESPN plus subscription for it. And a lot more people were actually watching the match. Uh, lo and behold, you know, Reno's been doing good this year. They were sitting up towards the top of the table in the West. And it, if you watch this match and this was the first thing you watched, you would not think that Reno was one of the top teams in the West. It definitely looked like Orange County was the better team throughout the match. They did concede a goal. Was it via penalty um, in the second half? I believe Dylan. Yeah, it was a yeah. very questionable penalty, yes, but it was. go on. I think I even tweeted, I was manning the podcast Twitter can. I sort of said something about like, you know, uh, defenders trailing the offensive player. The offensive player stops on a dime. The defender sort of bumps into him, but it wasn't like a shove. It was just sort of the guy stops right in front of me. You sort of knock into him. It's congested in there. Questionable call there. Lo and behold, you know, they get a goal up there in Reno. But I think at that point, even it seemed like Orange County was going to be able to hold on. I know one of our listeners, Andy, was tweeting like at the 86th minute, like, why am I still nervous at this point? But luckily, Danny Chrysostomo, 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 uh, put the icing in the cake for his first goal as a professional player, which was also pretty amazing. Uh, Darwin Jones, just a beast out there. Uh, what He scored two of the goals and assisted on another, I believe. Was his stat line definitely all around the best game of the season for Orange County? I don't think you could argue that in any way. Um, there were definitely questions going in, and I think there was a lot of pressure on the team to show up for this match. 
And I mean, I'll be entirely honest. I didn't expect the team to win. I was hoping for a draw. Um, you're playing a team that's in good form, but then the, I don't know, the chaos of the midday game comes up and Reno was just flat. Uh, the whole game, they really didn't have anything to offer. And Orange County really just took it in stride and went after it the entire game. Didn't shut off at any point. Kept getting after it. I mean, conceded an unlucky penalty, and rather than imploding and, and feeling sorry for themselves, they really, I mean, really solidified how they were playing. Kept playing dangerously and made it count. I mean... We outshot them by by seventeen shots. <laughs> um, shots on target. Yeah. We outshot them by eight shots. Uh, yeah, it's difficult for really a team to difficult for a team to have any shot of winning when that type of stuff is happening. So, um, definitely a really really cool thing uh, on that. Um, what else do you have to say about this match? I think that was. I mean, sure, we're not in the playoff places right now, but I think that was one of the biggest games that we had this season. Um, that should give the players and the fans some confidence that we can take on some of the best sides in the league and come away with a result. Um, it's a matter of the players showing up to do it. Um, but I think it's it's huge, not only for the players, but for the staff as well. I think um, Brady Cloutier was a little bit more relaxed after the match, um, even just interviewing some of the players and the staff, and even just as a fan after the match, I felt so much more relaxed, even though we, we have yes. a ways to go. I think it's 12 more matches right now. Um, still not in the playoff spots, but I think after this match, you have to realize it is entirely possible that we make it into the playoffs, uh, especially in the chaos that's the Western Conference right now. I mean, we're three points out of uh, fifth place. <laughs> so Pretty amazing. It's <laughs> insane, basically, is what I'm getting at. And I think, um, you know, if the team has a couple performances like that, we're right up there towards the top of the table. We, we might actually be hosting a playoff match and then I will have to eat my words because that would be so unbelievable. A month and a half ago, I was like, yeah, it's not happening. And a month ago I was, no, it's not happening. So <laughs> now here we are, we got to talk about this. Cause again, there was a, there were two bets on the line for this. And I believe when we recorded the last episode on that Sunday morning, I don't think either you or I were that confident heading into this match. We were both sort of dreading it. We knew the whole haircut thing was going on. And then John, I think on the air, he, we didn't talk about it. He just sort of threw it out there on our live broadcast and our recording of our podcast said, Hey, by the way, do you want to throw the logo into the bet too? And I, it sort of threw me or caught me off guard there. Uh, I reluctantly said yes. And now I'm excited. We did that because uh, at least for a week, they had probably a way more beautiful logo than they normally yeah, do. Still looks good. I think they have one more one more day, but it still looks beautiful. So for those of you on the live stream watching us on uh, what's called YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, Periscope, whatever you call it, I've actually you know showed their SoundCloud page, the episode that I'm talking about. They call it episode 39. This logo is bad, but look at those beautiful that 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 orange and white just pop off on that black background there, which makes the logo just that much better. I, I, I'm sure many of you will agree an amazing, an amazing color scheme for a logo. And, and I'm going to say they should probably keep that, that logo. You know, it just looks so much better. It really does. They're big fans of the San Francisco giants too. So, so it works out perfectly. Why not? Yeah. Maybe they yeah. can convince um, <laughs> the club to change their colors too. Sort of copy us. Yeah. Um, we're just criminally underused. In the soccer world, only the best teams use it. Now, we got to also talk about the other half of the bet. And uh, I'm going to apologize at front, Dylan, because I'm not going to be super nice to you. I've already sort of called it out there on uh, social media, uh, medium, media, that you went way too soft on Brad and his hair. You let him just sort of get a nice shortcut, uh, short, really short on the sides, but still left some hair up top. Why did, you, why did you do that, Dylan? Why would you let him off with that kind of haircut? Why not give him the full the full buzz? We established back in March that we weren't going to be monsters about this. And that that is what happens when you aren't a monster. Is we said high and tights were okay, and so that's what he wanted because he didn't think he could pull off the shaved head. He didn't think he could even pull off the high and tight, and he looked fine. I don't know what his girlfriend thought, but honestly, who cares? 
um, because, uh, you know. Here's what I have to say in this situation, Dylan. I could care less about what he feels he can do with his hair. He made the bet knowing that he would potentially have to lose his hair. I think he's even talked about, like, if it would have been the opposite, he would have made you go full-on um, head shaved. Uh, I, I can't find any quote for that anywhere, but I, I want to say I heard that somewhere or read it somewhere. Um, even So I'm a better person than Brad. That's all we're learning is that I'm a nice, empathetic person who feels for his loss. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. I had a stupid smile on my face the entire time he was getting his head cut. Or his head I was cut. ready for the full-on shave, though. Here's um, what our friends at 1868 Weekly had to say about the niceness of Dylan. And I won. Just kind of lost some hair. He know? he won because of the good graces of uh, Dylan from Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We... Matt and I would have made sure that uh, this good sir was buzzed. And so would Ray. Ray, I, I think it's a younger person thing, Matt. You know, uh, like, uh, uh, what do they call them? Are you Generation Z, Brad, or are you falling into I'm millennial? I'm a millennial. Okay. I'm a millennial. So, He's old enough. Um, Dylan might so be maybe it's the Z. tail end of millennial and, and Generation Z where it's just mercy. There's there's mercy. See, we, uh, we older folk uh, don't have such a thing. I, I yeah I would have uh, you're on my podcast Brad and I would have made sure that that was buzzed almost expletive all over the place right there. So that was you know John and, and Brad talking briefly about that. Looking on Twitter, DJ Captain Chaos, who is another Reno supporter, uh, his tweet and I'm going to quote it is I should have went to the haircut place as I would have laid down the law and ensure Brad had a buzz cut. Uh, Dylan, I, I think you're just sort of. Went too easy on him. Um, okay, well, they also live miles away from, so they can wake him up in the middle of the night or something, break into his house and <laughs> shave his head while he sleeps. I don't I don't really know. All right, so calling out John, calling out DJ Captain Chaos, or any other Reno fan, for me, for, for Ray on the Orange and Black Soccer cast, go break into Brad's house with your clippers, buzz the rest of that hair off so that we can see it. You got to send a photo proof. You can send it to our Twitter account uh, for proof that this happened and, you know, It'll be awesome. Sorry, sorry, Brad, if you're listening, that I, I'm putting all this pressure on people to come shave your head. Hopefully, don't hurt Brad. Just hurt his hair. Take it off. I do want to say that the owner of Orange County Soccer Club uh, did appreciate what was happening. So, yeah, we we got approval from up top. Is that not enough? That's cool. It would have just been a lot better with a total buzzed head. Okay, well, I'm going to take – I'm going to win here, and I'm going to say, look <laughs> at me. There is proof other people besides my mom think I'm a nice person. So, uh, so I did high school teachers. <laughs> I did put out on the Orange Black Soccer Cast Twitter account at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast uh, the question, should OCSC Dylan, Dylan be punished for going easy on at pal on the sky, Brad? Uh, if so, what would be a fitting punishment – 50% of the voters said, yes, you went too easy and should be off with your hair. So. Well, that's great. Um, unfortunately, America is not a democracy. So uh, that sucks for them, right? <laughs> Luckily for you, though, one of the other options I put on there, yes, you went easy and it should be a lifetime CLC ban. Luckily, everyone's nice enough to not put that. So, or at least vote yes for that. That was pretty cool. And then we had uh, uh, the other 50% said, who cares? So. I mean, I was in rare form on Saturday night, so I don't think anyone wanted a CLC band. Like, <laughs> that was a party, and and I know we're gonna get to that, but I don't. We think will get to that right now. We'll get to I, that. I'd make up an alias and wear like a fake mustache and beard, and maybe even <laughs> shake my head <laughs> to get to it. Become someone else. There you go. And, and I do have to remind before we move on to the Sacramento, Sacramento match, remind everyone that the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is brought to you by Golden Gold Press and Roughneck Scarves. You'll hear more about that at the end of the episode. Uh, so let's talk about coming off this match win of the season there against Reno. I think hopes were high for Orange County and their fans as they hosted in-state opponent Sacramento Republic FC. Uh, Dylan, talk about that match. What happened in that match? Um, both teams are really tired. Neither team really ever challenged seriously for the goal. Um, and they just kind of... I don't want to say the casually saw the 90 minutes, but they, it wasn't the most aggressive match I've seen between the two sides. Um, 
that kind of seemed like 70 minutes in, maybe both teams started to play for a point, realizing, all right, it's not worth it to, to kill ourselves for uh, three points here because, you know, it's been a long 10, 14 days for both clubs. Um, and I just don't think they had it. Um, but I do think the club was a bit unlucky not to get a penalty. It was, you know, how many times have we said that this year? And maybe we, we lose out on three points because of that. But um, I thought it was a fair result for a draw. Um, Britton Cloutier thought it was a fair result for a draw. I think most of the players thought it was pretty fair as well. Um, you can't have every match be a, a barn burner, a 4-1, uh, 4-0. Sometimes these games happen. Um, and the biggest thing is it's it's another point, and it's each point's a step in the right direction. Well, especially when it's a third match in a week in a seven-day span because you had the the San Antonio match the previous Saturday, the midday super hot match, uh, and then now this match against Sacramento. So coming off a, a three-match stretch, you know, and each of those matches, they at least got some sort of result. So two draws and a win. Not maybe what you're hoping as a fan, but definitely better going into that final match and at least getting a point and not – doing something that's conceded. And at least when you look at this now, at least in that three-match stretch there, Orange County maybe has fixed their problem of conceding late-game late, late game heartbreakers, which they've done quite a bit this season where they're either one game, one goal lead late in a match or tied late in a match and then give up something in extra time. Uh, so that's that's good to see. That's, a, I guess, a positive spin on what happened. Um, is there any downside you can see to what happened and the fact that they only came away with one point on that, or are you pretty satisfied that they at least got the point? I mean, sure. We drop a little bit lower. Um, other teams start to catch up as they've, they've made their matches, but no, I think a point is, like I said, a points a step in the right direction. Um, you can't really complain with a point. It's not like we got unlucky in that match. We didn't dominate that match. Um, we didn't really put all that much pressure on the Sacramento defense. I just think the biggest thing is we have a really strong starting 11. We didn't drop anyone. Um, Brendan Cloutier said he couldn't drop anyone from Wednesday to Saturday. And you've, you've got Walker Hume and Michael Orozco looking amazing in that back line. I mean, they made a few mistakes, um, got away with a few mistakes, but they haven't played together all that much. Orozco is still, I would say, a new signing um, with the club. So, you know, we're rounding into a decent bit of form um, at a really key part of the season, I think. And um, if our defense keeps up these performances, we're going to be looking in, in in good shape in about a month, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. And so I think in the three-game stretch, Aaron Cervantes, what was it, one goal? I mean... Yep, one goal from a penalty, which wasn't yeah. a penalty. So, I mean, um, ultimately really it should be three shutouts for a 17 year old goalkeeper who's about to go uh, on a little bit of a He's break. been called up to the international team. Yeah. The, not the, not the big boys. Like I think it's the U18 team. U17. U17 yeah. team. Same thing. Basically he's, he's now played himself into a position where he's going to fight to get the U S number one for the U17 world cup in October. Which is awesome. Which is insane, because if you think about when he signed for this club, he was 15 years old. And, I mean, Braden really put his trust in him to bring him to the club. And I think some of that trust has been repaid now. Um, Aaron has looked amazing in the back. I mean, how many times has he been nominated for Save of the Week? How many times has he been robbed from being nominated for Save of the Week or not gotten Save of the Week? And and now he's he's rightfully probably got to be the number one choice for this country right now for the U-17s. And I think bigger than that, um, his development has been amazing to see. Um, he looks so much more comfortable this past, or he's, he's looked so much more comfortable this past week in goal than he did in in April and May. Um, and that's that's huge. So I'm, I'm thrilled for him, and I think everyone else is too, because He's got a he's got a lot in front of him. I mean, he's seventeen, so he's got what ten years until he um, peaks as a as a goalkeeper. And yeah, um, the the scary part is he's going out on this loan, and with Patrick McLean recently leaving the club, that leaves Orange County with one option. Then I guess a goalkeeper, um, if either with Aaron going with, playing with the uh, uh, Team USA, or if something were to happen to him or gets injured. We'd have to rely on 
the starter from the first couple match of the season uh, to help us out. Um, that's the scary um, part, I guess. Yeah, and I, I talked to to Oliver about it on on Saturday night, and I asked him. It's like, well, all right, obviously we're going to lose Aaron for a little bit, um, but how does that factor into the rest of the season? He said, all right, well, we're not we don't have any matches while Aaron's gone immediately. Um, but he said they're exploring bringing in a, an a lone keeper um, okay. in case Aaron or I'm, <laughs> the way that Aaron's been playing when Aaron goes <laughs> to the U17 World Cup in October um, and Orange County makes it to the playoffs and we'll have a, a lone keeper there to to get us through. Perfect. Um, so I'm in trouble for that. <laughs> hopefully you don't. Um, we're live on a tuesday night if some of you are listening to us on the podcast if you listen right when we release it you'll hear it wednesday morning um either way there is a friendly against the u17 us team scheduled for wednesday morning at 11 30 at the great park uh, dylan are you by any chance going to try and make your way out to that one i'm not only going to try and make my way out i'm going to make my way out there so uh you know if you're listening to it right now or before the match come say hello it'll be on field five which is um, one of the grass fields behind the stadium. So if you are looking, um, if you're watching match on ESPN Plus, it's the first field on the left, on the far side of the stadium. Perfect. So yeah, if you want to come out and check out the the team, it's a a free opportunity to do so. Come out to the Great Park tomorrow midday. Uh, it could be a little warm, but the weather hasn't been too bad this week, I don't think. So great opportunity to check out. Crazy. Yeah, check out your team that you support playing against the future players that potentially will be on team USA or potentially make their way up into MLS or other leagues, maybe even a, find a, find a player to play for orange County. If it comes down to that too, uh, to join Aaron Cervantes on the team. Um, and then other than that, I think there's a nice little break here. There's no official match that we need to talk about. We'll be able to get to that next episode. So we can, Get into our random thoughts for this episode, Dylan, unless there's any other soccer-related stuff you want to talk about. Um, yeah, I try not to talk about England too much because I know a particular listener of this podcast gets so frustrated every time <laughs> we do. But I do want to say that this Friday morning, the EFL championship season does begin. Middlesbrough is visiting... Kenilworth Road to take on Luton Town. So if anyone wants to wake up early and get blasted um, or not, uh, come on by. I'll be watching the game. I forget what time it kicks off. I'll look it up right now. Uh, Watch it at like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, I think it's going to be sometime around that. Oh, 11.45 a.m. Ooh, that's a good, so good time. Take a long lunch. I'll sign your um, long lunch slip tardy card, whatever they call those things for real adults. And... Um, I've got a bunch of beer in the fridge, so uh, let's let's have a good time. I'll even give you a Luton jersey to to wear um, to if keep? you're a size medium. No, not to keep, <laughs> just to wear. Awesome, awesome. Um, let's get into our random thoughts for this episode. Then, Dylan, what is your your random thought? You know, I, I really, um, what? So I obviously went yesterday and, and wrote about um, the Soccer for Hope clinic that the the team puts on every every year and um it's actually my first year making it out to see the clinic um and doing some media stuff for it and just talking to some of the players it's interesting to see how they differ um it's still soccer but some of them in the coaching take to it a lot more naturally i think joe amico is one of those guys that takes to it really well um and he was having a lot of fun with it and connor gordon took to it really well um harry forster and kevin alston they took to it really well and then there was a uh, Guys like um, Jerry Van Wolfgang and Michael Seaton Contour, who seemed a little bit more apprehensive about what they were doing, um, a little more meek, but still having a really good time. Um, and you know, um, obviously Kevin Olsen, Kevin Alston had uh, battled leukemia six years ago, um, so I think it was a not only an important thing for um, Oliver Vies and his wife um, and their foundation, but for Kevin as well to to kind of get around to it. There was a kid there who had leukemia, who was battling leukemia and went to the camp. And so that was a nice little moment at the end of it. Um, Kevin presented him an Orange County jersey. Oh. And the kid was just over the over the hill, um, just so excited. Um, so that was a nice little, I got to say, it was a really nice 
little Monday morning. Um, they don't get much better than that, even in the humidity. Perfect. Um, any book you want to share? I, I'm surprised you didn't share a book or something to read or whatever. Wow. I was a little distracted. Um, <laughs> I'm taking a little bit back. So my my mom works at an elementary school. She's a, a paraeducator, which is like a teacher that never went to college. You're gonna um, do it. You're gonna do Dr. Seuss, huh? No, I'm not. Even better, where the <laughs> wild things are. Um, so all she's right. got a bunch of books all over the house right now. She, my parents just up and left for to go see my brother. So there's just books all over the house right now, just everywhere. It's kind of a mess. Um, but a whole bunch of classics in there. So where the wild things are, I think, is my my July 30th slash July 31st book recommendation. I mean, it's just so nice. Um, I think there's a good good amount of ways you can you can read into it. And I think every single one of them gives something, which is kind of the whole point of reading. If you haven't figured it out, it's to take something from what you've read. All right. Um, random thought for me. I'm going to discuss a little bit of alcohol. Uh, while I was on my trip up in Boise, I went to a local uh, store called Boise Co-op. It's sort of like a Whole Foods, but it's more locally uh, it's a it's a local place, so sort of you know falls into that whole hey let's support local stuff. While I was there, I was looking for some beers to purchase to drink while I was there, and I came across this nifty little brewery called County Line Brewing. So I know uh, I believe Blaine had posted a picture of County Line Road out in I want to say in the Colorado Springs area. It's just and outside of Denver. Perfect. And while I was out in Boise. Uh, I found County Line Brewing. So we're finding County Line spreading all across. People are just enjoying Orange County Soccer Club and County Line Coalition. Uh, they're, they enjoy it so much that they name a brewery after it. A jokes aside, I did find out a little bit about this brewery and about this particular drink called Roos Lager. Uh, I have my, my cousins that live up in the Boise area. They actually know the people that own the brewery. They told me that this lager was created because their child, Ruth, uh, died at a young age. They created this particular uh, lager in her honor, and any purchase of this lager, some portions go towards uh, some sort of, uh, you know, fund or, or something to help others in similar situations. So it was it was neat that I just grabbed this because it said County Line Brewing, and it was between a lager and like some sort of really dark like stout or something. And I didn't want something really thick while it was like 100 degrees in Boise, so I grabbed the lager found out about that. And my goal is I've told these cousins next time they drive down, I'm going to, you know, send them a bunch of money via like Venmo or something and say, Hey, buy a couple cases of this, bring it down so that Counterline coalition can, can drink some of this before a match, if not this year, next year, next season. I, I just thought it was a pretty neat thing. So I wanted to share that with everyone. Neat story behind a beer and just sort of that small world where I grabbed it because it said County Line brewing and lo and behold, my cousins know the, the people that run that brewery. So that's pretty cool. Um, with that said. Can I say one last thing? Go for it, Dylan. All right. So <clears throat> those of you who don't know, uh, Ray is a great parent who ditched his kids for a week, two weeks. Uh, two, and a half, two and a half weeks, they'll be in Hawaii. And another like another four days when they get back with their grandma, the grandma's going to uh, keep them. They're going to stay like in Carlsbad for a couple nights and, um, and whatnot. So we'll be kidless for almost three whole weeks which is yeah awesome. okay so that sounds amazing because that sounds like my life which is free from children <laughs> um and by the way amazing because it's free from children but we gotta get some karaoke going um this is a standing invitation to anyone listening come join us at karaoke we'll put it on social media or something we, we're gonna make this happen come join us i'll do something other than i'm on a boat for the first time ray <laughs> will probably I can't even say the title of the the song he likes to get going with, but um, yeah, come say hello and come hang out and uh, do some karaoke with us at some point. I will say, you know, what Google Assistant or Alexa or who, any of those assistants call the song, they call it like F asterisk 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 problems by ASAP Rocky. So you can sort of put that together. That's a song. One of the songs I tend to do. Um, I did that song in Boise. It didn't, wasn't as big of a hit out there as it was Rocky. out here. Should have um, done I, like uh, Country Roads. Or my I, preferred county roads. <laughs> I sort of did it because for those of you that follow, uh, you know, pop culture, news, media, ASAP Rocky's in locked up in Sweden right now, awaiting trial. 
Um, and yeah, it's this big old thing where a lot of people are saying, let him go, bring him here. So um, it is what it is. I guess when you're in another country, follow that country's rules. Uh, hopefully everything goes good for him and he gets back home. I, I don't know the full on details, so I don't want to make judgment on it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll set up something maybe even two times of karaoke that we can, cause we can actually do something like me and my wife could be like, Hey, it's Wednesday. We want to do something. Let's go karaoke on a Wednesday night. And we'll just shoot out on Twitter uh, for those of you that can make it out as well. We'll figure something out. Um, if, if we don't get something in these times where you can join us, we'll, every time we go out Twitter from now and we'll shoot out something on social media. So anyone that wants to join us and, and sing a couple songs can do so. Um, I think it's time to wrap things up. Uh, I want to thank Ricky from Copa Califas for joining us and sharing info about Copa Califas. Uh, I also want to uh, acknowledge our friends up there at 1868 Weekly. I, I grabbed a short clip from their most recent episode. Uh, you can go find that on SoundCloud or any podcast player that you utilize to listen to the full episode to see if they say anything else about the niceness of Dylan in allowing Brad to get away with the haircut that he got. Uh, check us out on Twitter at OCSC at OCSC underscore soccer cast on Facebook. Find us as orange and black soccer cast Instagram. Dylan, what's our Instagram account? I can't remember. Um, OCSC underscore soccer cast. Ah, same as the Twitter. Look at it. We did things fun there. Uh, you can go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com, to check out all of our podcast episodes and also all of the amazing things that Dylan, Allen, and sometimes myself, we write for you guys to read and learn more about this club. We're, we're going to continue to expand what we're going to do with this club's coverage. Uh, I'm hoping to very soon start some maybe pr uh, player profile articles so you can learn more about the players off the pitch. And, and you know, we see what they do on the pitch, but I I, I'm sure a lot of fans would like to know what some of these players are like off the pitch. So we'll try and set something up like that as well. Uh, Dylan, anything else, you, your social media or anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off? Sure. You guys can find me on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan. You can find me on Reddit slash you slash OCSE underscore Dylan. Special shout out to Alan, who you can find on Twitter at a underwood 48 on the Twitter machines um, for not making it out to this week's episode. Cause he's too busy being a nerd at Bandcamp. This one time in Bandcamp. Yeah. I'm not going to finish it. Um, you yeah. already made that joke in the text thread and he told you, I hate you, which well, is the most recent text I've received. Well, he can hate me even more. This is what he gets for not coming on the podcast frame this. And, and hanging out with his, his band students Family. instead. Or his family, wherever he's at. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, we missed you, Alan, on this episode. Hopefully you'll be able to join us back soon. Uh, for Dylan, for Alan, who's not here, I'm Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.